0: Unfortunately for consumers, I think uh, in many cases, you know, they're not going to be able to really benefit from some of these products and they're spending their good, you know, hard-earned money on them. And so um, that's what I saw, saw it as a big opportunity. As a, those are the big lessons you've got to do right by the consumer. Do right by the consumer, they'll come back and your business grows.
1: Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the show. My name's Rick Nusky, I'm your host, and I'd just like to take a second of pause at the start of each call to say thank you so very much for all of your support. It makes a great deal of difference knowing that you're getting some value out of the show. So if you're new to the show here today, you're in for a treat, because I'm on the line with the wonderful John McDonough. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks, Rick, Uh, and thanks for
0: having me. Absolutely. I look forward to... to, uh talking with your audience.
1: Absolutely, it's a real pleasure to have you here. You are now uh, obviously the, the president and CEO at Next Evo Naturals, and we're gonna be talking about that business in some detail, but it's customary for us, John, to spend some time learning a little bit more about you, I guess more of your private life, your hobbies, things you like to do before we sort of pivot into that. So where are you calling in from today?
0: Yeah, sure, so I'm, uh, I'm in the suburb of uh, Philadelphia, yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually grew up in uh, Long Island, New York, so kind of a northeast coaster in the US.
1: Tell us about life growing up. What can you recall of it?
0: Oh, uh, actually, I really enjoyed uh, my upbringing. Uh, So I grew up in Long Island, as I mentioned, surrounded Mm -hmm. by water. Um, North Shore is Long Island Sound, South Shore is the beach. So a lot of things uh, surrounded by by just water activities, I guess, as you (laughs) say, and one of things, uh, kind of a misnomer, a little bit about Long Island is people think about it as this very densely populated area. And um, my parents had actually purchased a place with uh, a few acres of land. So it was actually kind of a, a nice rural upbringing. Um, enjoyed a lot of different things, all, all, all kind of classic US sports. Yep. Um, but as I mentioned, got a chance to, to dabble into the water activities. And then um, it's interesting, I have a couple brothers that are very different. So I'm the, I'm the third... Uh, son. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually have two other brothers and sisters. And one is very academic focused and into sports. The other one was more of like an engineering and um, car enthusiast. And so I've kind of adapted uh, both elements of, of my brothers and uh, enjoyed working, I enjoyed playing sports. And I've also enjoyed working on cars and breaking them down and, and building my own, which is what I did. Oh, wow. Uh, when I was a teenager. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What sort of cars? So
0: these were all, um, so, uh, uh, I guess, um, at the time I was growing up was a teenager was the, uh, late sixties kind of, um, uh, pony, pony car and muscle cars were popular, that. like Camaros and Mustang. So I actually was able to, um, uh to build one six 1967 mustang out of two <laughs> <cars>. Oh,
1: <excellent. laughs> uh
0: so you know this, they, the old cars back then they didn't last as long as they do now mm. uh and so they they you had to actually kind of steal from both uh vehicles to build to build one good one
1: it's a bit of the frankenstein approach <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes and, and then in the, the process of course uh very interested in making it you know faster and more powerful and, and yep. so on as, yeah, as you do
1: now, when yeah. you were growing up, you're on, on acreage, as you mentioned. Did you have any pets uh, in your life
0: growing up? Sure, a uh, great Labrador Retriever. Beautiful um, dogs. Yeah, beautiful dog. Great, and you know, again, in the water—you would throw a stick out there, and she'd go get it. <laughs> She's and, gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, bring it back. So it was—it was it was uh, it was—it was nice, uh, very nice. And then we also had like this cat, and because of the area we grew up in. Uh, you had to be a warrior to go out at night. Uh, you had to fend off uh, possum and raccoons and other sorts of creatures. So uh, he lasted a good a good a good bit um, in those surroundings uh, It was pretty
1: pretty impressive. In his environment now I know that as a president and CEO of an organization such as yours, you would be very busy. but when you do have some I guess some time to relax, what do you do with yourself? Do you like a movie? Do you like listening to music? What's your thing?
0: Yeah. You know, right now it's, uh, I, watch, I do watch a lot of shows. Uh, you know, uh, my wife and I enjoy doing that. And um, I have taken up, uh, you know, during the pandemic, one of the things that everyone was searching for is what do you do? Um, mm-hmm. I used to go to the gym quite often, but um, decided to join, uh, probably like a lot of people, the local golf club, which is about a half mile from my house. Um, so. Ah. The, <laughs> so that that can keep you busy. Um, it can frustrate you. It can challenge you. Uh, <laughs> are you as good as me? Anybody,
1: are, you, are you like coring the holes?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's also a nice. It's a nice walkabout with your, uh, you know, with your friends as well, right? So yeah. It's a nice social uh, environment as well.
1: Yeah, I do like that. I, I do like the fact that you value a bit of relaxation. I've played a bit of golf, and I, I understand exactly what you mean. Some of the, the the best conversations and some of the best ideas come from having a conversation on the golf course, don't they?
0: Yeah, they absolutely can. I know. Um, I've got a few friends that, um, you know, they're they're a bit entrepreneurial, so they're they're you know a lot of times they're coming up with like you know. Hey, we're smart people. We should put our heads together. What's <laughs> what should we, you know, what should, what should we do? What should we build? You know, we've got some resources at our at our means, and so uh, one gentleman in particular is always is is always interested in in you know uh, the big idea, right? Mm-hmm. So it's good.
1: So do you uh, do you value mentorship? You, you 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 surround yourself with people that are obviously entrepreneurial spirited. What um, do you do? You do you personally. Um, have a mentor or how do you learn what's the best way for you
0: yeah you know it's it's interesting I um I was really fortunate um and we'll probably talk about some my early career but I I worked at a company you know Johnson & Johnson uh for a number of years Mm -hmm. and um when I, I actually switched careers from um accounting finance into marketing and when I did so um there's a few. There was one. Well, one particular gentleman that joined the company at the time, um, and he didn't know, you know, I was an accounting guy, and so, <laughs> um, and so when I was doing some work with him, um, we we really hit it off, and he became um, he became my mentor for a number of years, and actually is now the he's actually the non-executive chairman of NextEvo Inc. Um, so I know that I can rely on him for. You know any kind of advice mm-hmm. um, that I need, and he's a he's a he's just a marketing whiz, but he's also just extremely insightful. Um, so it's great to have someone like that, and he's guided me, you know, along my journey first at Johnson Johnson, and then even kind of connecting back and um, getting involved with NextEvo.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful to build real relationships. You know, not cursory level relationships, ones that you can truly trust. So uh, fantastic. Now I'm wondering um, when you um, looked at. The um, the world through an entrepreneur's eyes um, for the very first time. What did you see? Do you recall ever in the, in your younger years going out washing cars? What did you always have this entrepreneurial spark about you?
0: You know, it's interesting. Uh, it, it, I'd say in my you know kind of what I mentioned earlier around doing the things like my hobbies, like you said, like the building the car and doing mm-hmm. those things. Those are more my entrepreneurial side. It was interesting. I, my father worked for, um, uh, in the defense industry for a company and he was there for over 25, push, probably pushing 30 years at one company, you know, a number of different positions. And interestingly enough, when I joined the Johnson and Johnson, I joined right out of college and I was with the company until <laughs> just a few years ago Wow! now. Yeah. And so, uh, and so it's funny. I didn't have the, um, I didn't have the, uh, I guess, exposure, right, to that entrepreneurial, um, realm, right? Mm -hmm. And and so within, within Johnson & Johnson, they always prided themselves as, as a number of small companies within a big firm. But I'd say what was interesting about some of the positions I had was I was always looking for how to break the mold. How do we do something different? Um, you know, if there's a game plan or a roadmap, um, you know how do I make their roadmap better um, perform more efficiently?
1: Improvements. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, love it. I absolutely love this sort of conversation because it actually, I guess, folds back a little bit into your life and gives some context for your journey leading up to your uh, time now at NextEvo Naturals, which we're going to be talking about in a moment. Now, are you um, historically an early riser? I don't know about myself so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, not typically no. um however i do when i do find myself Rick, and it's interesting how you ask this question because what i find is 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 when i do rise early and those are some of the most focused times of the day and so uh unfortunately i've always been kind of more of that night person yeah. <laughs> um but i what i what i'm learning to appreciate now uh is that morning time is really great because it's the quiet time when you can actually focus and so i would I wouldn't recommend that as uh, if, if it's not a habit that you should at least pick a few days of the week to say, hey, these are the day, these are going to be my early days, right? Yeah. There are, there's some other days
1: I can sleep in, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Now, given that you've worked for, a, I guess, a behemoth in the industry, Johnson & Johnson for so long, what what have you learned from them? What's the one thing do you think you've taken away from them? You know, uh, there's a
0: lot of great lessons. One of them, though, is you've got to do right by the consumer. You know, You've, you've got to be led by the consumer. Um, I think the other thing is that the discipline of what I will say about my products and the quality that I put into them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, those are pillars of which our company was founded on. And a lot of that stems from, you know, my, my prior experiences at that, at that larger company, because, yeah, you know, we really owe it. Um, as, as you know, manufacturers and marketers, and uh, as business people, to deliver quality products to consumers that will make a difference in their lives, versus just, um, you know, versus just kind of like pumping out something and just standing another, a name on it. Yep, yeah, just Just another so generic we, product. Yeah, we take a lot of pride in, um, in how we formulate our products, and um, you know, as we get more into discussion, you, you you learn about a little bit about that. But I was actually surprised that. How um, I guess fairly uh, poor quality products are out in the market, and unfortunately for consumers, I think uh, in many cases, um, you know, they're not going to be able to really benefit from some of these products, and they're spending their good, you know, hard-earned money on them. And so um, that's what I saw, saw. it as a big opportunity. And as a, those are the big lessons. You've got to do right by the consumer. Do right by the consumer, they'll come back, and your business
1: grows. Now, there's uh, something that's on my mind. You said you moved from finance through to marketing. That's a significant shift from one side of the realm to the other. Why the shift away from finance to marketing? Could you share?
0: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, finance and accounting certainly makes a lot of obviously valuable contributions, um, and and, and I, I felt like I was part of the team, but it was interesting because um, I do remember a few instances I was watching some of the marketers, uh you know, present in front of the sales team and at Johnson & Johnson mark. It's really a marketing led company, Mm. right? Yeah. And so what I really envisioned myself was rather than being in the back of the room, watching that. I'd i much, much rather be in the front of the room reading <laughs> that, and so, yeah. and so that was like kind of the aha moment I guess uh, is that I had. when I'm sitting there going, I could do that. You know, <laughs> so, I, I love
1: the fact that you can make a decision to move away from something because that wouldn't have been a small commitment to get into the top tier of finance.
0: No, you know, it was, it was interesting. It was, um, it was, it, it was, it, I was, I was a, a bit of a trailblazer. you know, we talk about entrepreneurial, that that was kind of them, no one that anyone could remember had ever, had ever done that mm-hmm. uh, until I had done it. And again, I think, you know, so I, I, um, I didn't have an MBA from Kellogg or Wharton or Harvard, right in Cornell, mm-hmm. which is where some of my peers uh, did at the time. So it was very, very, um, fairly unique situation right at the time. So it was a bit of a trailblazer. And I had a number of people, you know, sit me down and say, you sure you want to do what this? Are you Have <laughs> <So.
1: laughs> You thought this through?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's probably a really good um, segue into my next question, which was to do with the risk that we take in business and everything we do, essentially, um, John. Now, I'm wondering, should you risk, uh, embrace risk? And um, should you see that there's two sides to risk? And t- what can you tell us about your experience with
0: it? Yeah, that's an interesting question, Rick, I think, um, you know, certainly with with risk, um, you know, there's certain things you can risk, right? And there's certain things you can't, right? So you, you don't want to risk, for example, product quality, right? Mm. You, you, know, you, you have to, you know, you have to know where you're willing to exercise risk. Um, if you want to invest heavily behind a program you're not sure about you know that's a risk that's a risk yeah yeah doing something like you know like i mentioned earlier um doing something different that hasn't been done before that's really risky right and so what i always try to look at is um you 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 have to be sure that you're not going to have like a negative consequence from the risk that is is, that you can't recover from right so if you think about it you know, risk for the sake of doing, you know, getting more consumers to try your product, risk um, doing something different, trying different tactics uh, to educate people around things. Um, you know, yeah, they're not all gonna pay off from a financial standpoint, but if you did something risky on a, on a quality standpoint, for example, that's, that's where you have to draw the line. And so that's where I think, you know, that's where it's interesting. Like everyone has their own appetite for risk. Money is one thing, But you know the health and well-being of consumers is a whole nother, (laughs) and also of your reputation, right? You you don't want to you don't want to do something that's going to risk your reputation. No, Uh,
1: absolutely not. You talked about risk appetite, and that's something I learned uh, um, some years ago, and I think it's a really great reflection of um, where your mindset is around the products that we're just about to talk about. But um, before we do, do you uh, do you value lifelong learning, and how how do you learn the best?
0: Yeah. Um, again, another really interesting question. I am. Um, I'm. I'm. I'm a big reader. Um, so I will devour a uh, lots of materials. A lot of it's really more of like, um, more like periodicals versus mm-hmm. large books and things like that. Because so, mm-hmm. I like my. I think like a lot of people, I like my information more. And <laughs>
1: <Bite> <laughs> I, say, size. I won't say sound.
0: I won't say sound bites, but I'll say like small portions, right? Yep, and so yep. I think sometimes books books for me, many times can get repetitive. Um, <laughs> yep. and so, you know, like chapter one, here's the, thing. yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I do, I, I will, um, I'll also observe a lot of things too. I'm, um, I'm, I'm constantly asking questions, I think, which is a way that I learn, um, constantly reading, constantly trying to put myself into the position of the other person, like the expert and yep. try to see it from their eyes, but then also say, what is the meaning of this? Right. When you're looking at like, for example, clinical studies, I'm not, I'm not the world's best scientist, but I think about what's the implications of this, yep. you know, on my company, on the consumer, on our products. And so um, what does this mean for somebody, but there's a lot of great, I think,
1: learning just be just by asking questions, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, do you do you enjoy an audio book? I'm an audio book fan myself you know, it's
0: really interesting. I,
1: I enjoyed a few of them. Um, and, um,
0: I was reading a book and then, um, I was, uh, we tried the audio version of it. I didn't like the read. No, <laughs> so the, the narration. I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't think the reader was doing a good job of like the character. And so, um, and so I, I just turned it off. I couldn't read it. And it didn't grab the yet. interesting thing, Rick, is, is, uh, another kind of like, I'd say piece of me, I like to, um, uh, do a lot of kind of like mimicking of voices. And so when I read a book, I actually read it. Like I'm in character sometimes. Oh wow. So yeah. Uh, so uh, for ha- hearing someone else trying to interpret what I would have already interpreted for like, you know, 80 pages, I, I couldn't get into it.
1: Couldn't do it. Now, well, I think you touched on earlier, um, so, um, uh, reference to superpowers. What do you think yours is?
0: Oh boy. Um, a superpower. Yeah. What, what, what
1: do happens. you do best? <laughs>
0: uh, I think just challenge status quos. I think, that, you know, just flipping, flipping things on its head. Um, a lot of times I'm looking for an outcome versus, you know, I think, uh, versus here's the 10 things, how to, how to get to the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to kind of flip it around and say, how do we get, you know, how do we get X? Right. And so um, I do like to challenge kind of the status quo, how things are done.
1: That's excellent. Yeah. You know, I'm loving this call because it gives some really important context for our listeners because they are on the line and they're listening. And um, they, I think there's a lot of uh, value in sharing the more personal side before we get into the nuts and bolts of the call, because at the end of the day, business fundamentally doesn't change all that much, but the people behind it do. Now, tell us about a little bit about your journey, um, starting a business. How's that been for you?
0: Yeah, um, you know, I, I'd say it, it was definitely a challenge. Um, uh, which is when the company, when we f- actually founded the company, we were just a few months into COVID. So you know, a lot, a lot of it came, a lot came with that, right?
1: It's been good fun, um, hasn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And so you know, a development program that should have taken you know nine months takes you know eighteen <laughs> months, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, things of that nature. Um, so those were definitely challenges that we had. But it was interesting because you know, Rick, one of the things we had first set out to do was find uh, find a company doing something really, really well that we could invest in, uh, not like just necessarily from this uh, creative, you know, creating a company standpoint. And what we found was in this space in particular, like CBD and uh, the supplement category was we really couldn't find um, someone that we felt had something that was differentiated, something that was special, and somebody who was doing something in a quality way that wasn't asking some like ridiculous amount of money for it when mm-hmm. they didn't have a whole lot really behind it, right? Yep, so, yep. it was it was interesting when we started the journey. We um, uh, I wouldn't say we were forced into the journey, but we said, hey, let's you know we had we kind of had this epiphany of why would we give someone else money and then you know participate in this? Why don't we just start this up and from scratch? I think we'd be better off, and that's that's how it started.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for sharing now. um, I I love to talk about value propositions. You've talked about quality as a value proposition, presumably. And what what other value propositions are involved with uh, your organization, Next Evo Naturals?
0: Yeah, so, you know, one of the things is we're always going to be evidence-backed, right? And so, um, you know, one of the things we recognized earlier was that there's a lot of really great natural products, right? And, you know, CBD is one of them, and there's other supplements as well. But what we recognized was that, um, you know, CBD like other molecules, just because they're natural, doesn't mean they get into your system very easily. They're not readily absorbed by your body. Mm -hmm. And so trying to get the benefits from CBD and other natural supplements is not as easy (laughs) as, as you would think. And so one of the things is, you know, definitely quality being consumer led and then also making sure that we had the science and the evidence behind us to ensure that we had something that was going to serve in that value proposition, right? So make sure that we had a robust plan. Mm. We knew that we wanted to have evidence really at every step of the way.
1: Yeah, it seems to be a common theme, you know, the evidence base, you know, the science behind it, the quality. And I can see a, a pattern forming here. Is this uh, what you've referred to as your smart swap? Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, it's, it's a great question, and thanks for asking, Rick. Because, you know, as I mentioned, there's uh, a lot of natural products, right? And, and um, you know, there's CoQ ten, um, uh, which is which is not not an easily absorbed molecule. There's um, curcumin, which is another one, very tricky. Um, you know molecule it's not very tricky but but difficult sometimes to get it absorbed into the body and cbd is no different cbd is what they call a lipophilic molecule Mm -hmm. um it it's it's not really water soluble right it kind of resists um being absorbed by our bodies which are primarily water right and so um the molecule itself is not readily absorbed um, by the body and so smart is a technology that um you know it's emulsion based but it, there's a lot of art and science behind this the technology because it's not only an emulsion but it uses specific emulsifiers so there's a specific particle size we found absorb is best and then there's like a fingerprint of the emulsion so that we can make sure that we make it every time the same way it's to ensure that consistent dosing of someone mm-hmm. of, for mm-hmm. someone
1: Yep,
0: and then the, the, that, that consistent experience and so it's, it's several things wrapped into one technology which then, and we've actually proven this, you know, makes our product about four times more absorbed than what we call a regular CBD or kind of an oil-based you know, product like you'll find in tinctures and these other um, you know, products on the market. Yeah, so it's pretty remarkable because if you think about it very simply, if you can't get CBD into your system, How's this supposed to help you? No, it's not, <laughs> so not going is it? it it's going to be, right. You'd have to take a lot of that, you know, bottle of oil, right? To, to, to get the same amount as we can from, you know, um, you know some of our products. And, and the, the beauty of our technology is we can apply it in both a kind of a liquid and powder form. And so we've made capsules, which are, um, again, rapidly absorbed and more completely absorbed. And we can put it in gummies. And we can put it in um, very, you know, different kind of formats. And so we're excited for the consumer because right now, you know, relying on um, oil-based tinctures, which don't taste very good and certainly don't absorb very well, as we know mm. from the science. Mm. And the same thing with gummies. Many manufacturers use this isolate form of, of CBD, which does not absorb very well either. So, um, again, we're, we're proud to bring the consumer something that, will give them a really an opportunity to experience all the benefits
1: of seeing. It's one of those conversations that has so many questions. There are so many answers to problems that it is known to be already solving for so many people that are out there uh, either suffering or actually just wanting to enhance their, I guess their life's experience. Now, tell us a little bit about um, some of the hurdles and some of the myths behind um, CBD.
0: Oh, yeah. So you know, as as I mentioned, um, there's a couple things actually, Rick, because it's, it's really interesting because some of the marketing around it um, around the around the products and the category is that you need this, you know entourage effect which is borrowed from like the cannabis industry, right? Mm-hmm. And the entourage effect means that, well, there's CBD, And then there's other cannabinoids and terpenes and other things into the, you know, in in the mix, if you will, to to enable them all to work. And so when you look at the science, you, you know, all the science is behind CBD, you know, it's not behind all these, (laughs) these little minor, minor cannabinoids that are in the products of, you know, maybe 1% or half a percent, you know, of the total product. So there's a lot of myths around this full spectrum uh, entourage effect, which, which, you know, which may or may not really be true, right? So, it's really the CBD is the molecule bringing you the benefit, right? Not not all these other things. All these
1: other it. things, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think I think the other, you know, I think the other uh, really big one is the fact that, um, you know, in these tinctures, they say, well, hold it under your tongue because then you get this, like, sublingual absorption. And again, it's, um, you know, putting oil, all. you know, trying to push oil <laughs> <laughs> or trying to push a lipophilic, you know, molecule which is now married, but dissolved in oil through your oral mucosal, you know, yeah. um, you know, system is just not going to, it's not going to work. So you basically wind up swallowing it and then, you know, it doesn't absorb very well. So those are, those are a couple of the big myths um, I think that I, that we see out in the marketplace. And unfortunately they are just repeated by uh, a lot of either manufacturers, you know, bloggers, uh, things of that nature. So it's hard to actually break, you know, it's hard to break that chain. yeah absolutely
1: it becomes you Mm -hmm. know the uh urban myth becomes reality for a lot of people doesn't it yes and and i think (laughs) in
0: this category especially i think because again there's a mystery behind it i think because it's relationship with cannabis and so you have a lot of um i i I would really just say it's misinformation you know so yeah yeah
1: so i'm wondering um what's the uh i guess the local and uh, i guess wider take up from the more scientific medical sort of profession around these types of products so it's interesting rick because you know we all know there's
0: that right which is on the market as a prescription drug for um rare rare conditions of epilepsy and, and um yeah uh, kind of rare populations right of, of children right and so so we know there's definitely science behind that What's great about it now, since, you know, in the US, uh, the Farm Bill was signed in 2018, there's a lot more research going on around it. And, you know, we've been working with some great medical advisors, um, Dr. David Chernoff, uh, and now Dr. David LaFell um, from Yale uh, in dermatology. And so we're looking at some of the benefits, um, particularly in the areas of like stress um, you know, stress and anxiety, and mm-hmm. then also around the areas of, um, inflammation. And so when you look at those areas, there's clearly some benefits. Some of the, ch- some of the keys now is, is understanding what are the right dose levels. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then what is that activity and how do you measure it versus, uh, versus other, you know, potentially other products out there that do similar type of things. So, I think the science is that there's absolutely uh, strong indicators of, of good evidence, mm-hmm. but now we just got to continue to make the science even better.
1: Yeah, fantastic. It's, it's certainly not a, a new thing. I mean, there's lots of states uh, across, of, across America that have already made it legal. And um, you know, for, for other types of um, applications, not so much your own now. I'm wondering, is, is your product um, more local? Who do you serve?
0: Yeah, so we definitely have a national audience. Like, as you mentioned, it's interesting in in the United States is that, um, so there's, you know, cannabis, which is, you know, marijuana, medical marijuana and Mm. recreational marijuana. I think that's now legal in the U.S. in about... I think it's over seventeen states, but it's a, but it's actually a large part of the population mm. in terms of where people live. Yeah, uh, because you've got states like California, and New Jersey, just you know, uh, it. New York approved it. Yeah, so there's some big states that are that are doing it. CBD, it's interesting. CBD is starting to have to follow cannabis from a. Um, uh, the states are putting in legislation to have it sold as a dietary supplement versus a drug. The FDA makes it very challenging in the U.S. because mm. once mm. they declare something. drug it's hard to have it as a drug and a dietary supplement (laughs) so so it's a little bit of a challenge there but many states uh you see are um putting in their own kind of legislation and regulations around selling cbd as a dietary supplement Mm -hmm. um as well as you know topical products and things like that
1: so uh i know that there's um you know would you you know predict in the future that this type of product would go worldwide because I know that there are people, you know, across the world that are you know suffering or looking to enhance their lifestyle. Um, would this be something that you'd be considering going global?
0: Oh, I think I think it would be Rick. I mean, I think I know. You know, for example, like the UK has novel food um, um, legislation and guidelines, right? That they've enacted. Australia is actually another uh, country, right? So your own, your own mm-hmm. Australia that. Yep. Um, uh, has legalized it fully across, you know, for use as a dietary supplement. And they put, you know, they put, um, they put parameters around how much, right. The, the amount that you should take a day or what is, you know, what is deemed then a dietary supplement. I think in Australia, it's up 100, 150, 170 milligrams per mm-hmm. day.
1: Yep.
0: Right. So you're not talking about these like massive, massive prescription. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I think, I, I, th- I think there will be a day, I think once, especially, you know, when people, one of those other myths I should have mentioned was that, you know, oh, CBD, it's the same as cannabis, it's the same as marijuana, it's gonna get you high, right? So no, that's, another, that's another, right, that's another one of those myths that, um, you know, unless you're educated, you, you might not know the difference. And, you no. know, um, I've had my own friends say, oh, you're selling that stuff, right? Wow.
1: Uh, and, <laughs> you know, I think it's moved forward from the, the days of the, the hippie reflection that it used to have. I don't think it's even near that anymore. Would you agree?
0: I do agree. And that's, but but that's, it's interesting, Rick, because that's also part of what we're trying to break out from. And I, and I think what you see in some of the, uh, some of the messaging in the market, it seems a bit, I'm going to say hippie-ish, right? So Mm. it's, um, you know, like I mentioned, those like full spectrum effects and, you know, these other phyto cannabinoids, right? And so they're using this language, like it's like, you know, they're almost trying to tap into like a, like a, um, a culture. Yeah, like a, this cannabis culture. And I'm like, well, this is very different. This is more like, you know, I won't say vitamin C, right? But it's like, you know, it's like, it's like taking, it's like taking a supplement to help enhance, like you were saying, you know, like your lifestyle today or, or maybe, you know, overcoming some challenges or addressing some issues that you're having, right? Uh, along the way. So it, it lives in much a different,
1: better. it lives in a yeah. much different pillar, doesn't it? it does yeah absolutely look i've really loved this conversation i'm wondering now um for those uh, who are looking to learn more because i will say i spent some time on your website and i was really really um pleasantly su- uh, surprised john about the depth of content that you have available tell us a little bit about your website and where people can find you
0: yeah so uh, nextevo.com uh is, is our website Russell on instagram under um NextEvo naturals You can find us there. And, you know, one of the things we're trying to really do, Rick, is um, guide the consumer to kind of this, uh, I'll call it, you know, um, educational information if they have questions, right? And so, um, you know, a lot of people do have questions around like what I just mentioned around full spectrum or how is it absorbed and bioavailability and who should I believe and who I shouldn't. And so we really want to help. Um, help people get the, I'll call it the the real answers on those versus Mm -hmm. kind of the ones that are out there, you know, probably prevalent in the market. And so, um, yeah. And so, you know, we're excited because right now we feel like also from from our product offering standpoint, we've been able to get to a point where now we have the product development kind of behind us a little bit. And, you know, now we're starting to really see products come out, you know, really every month right? So first we had our capsules, then we introduced our melatonin combination capsule, which is actually a controlled release product, which is great because melatonin, again, clinically is very, is very good at helping you fall asleep, but it goes out of your system very quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: we, so we, we formulated it with a controlled release uh, formulation of melatonin to kind of help it stay in your system a little bit longer to help you stay asleep. Um, but there's a number of products like that we've got coming out now in terms of, uh, we've got an ashwagandha product, um, marketing very soon. We'll have another new product. So every every few weeks or every month or so, uh, we continue to launch now new products, which we're really excited about now that we're kind of over, I think, some of the COVID hurdles we had earlier.
1: Yeah. Wow. What a conversation I've had with you today, John. This is really just skimmed the surface uh, of uh, what's happening with uh, Next Evo and. Uh, if you're on the call today, you wanna to learn more, visit nextevo.com. As per normal, I will be providing the link below this post. No matter where you will see it, you will see the link back to Nextevo and John and his wonderful team doing some great work over at Next Evo. And with all that being said, John, thank you so very much for joining me on the My Future Business Show today.
0: Uh, Rick, it was a uh, great pleasure to join you today. And uh, thank you for all your really great questions. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks for joining us today.